In this episode, we get to talk to Carl Broadbent from carlbroadbent.com. This is an amazing interview. I really have a lot of fun with Carl as we are talking about a lot of the inspirational stuff that he needed in order to really continue with being able to blog full time, you know, making enough money to be able to tell his job, you know what, I'm done with you. I don't need you anymore. Um, it's a pretty interesting story that you definitely need to check out. Um, he talks about the future of blogging. We go in depth about all of this artificial intelligence and AI, and and we even touch on a, a big shift that he's making within his business right now that he's going to be concentrating on in 2023. And it's something that I think we all need to kind of step back and take a look at. Whether you are just getting started with your blogging journey or you are already going, it's going to be something very interesting and be sure to stay tuned for it. And welcome back to the Blogger Evolution. My name is Chris and we have the privilege of being here with Carl Broadbent from carlbroadbent.com. Be sure to go check out that and his YouTube channel. He's also the founder of the Affiliate Gathering, right, which is an annual live event that's currently held in York in the UK, where uh, it gives us bloggers and affiliate marketers the chance to get from behind the computer. It gives us the chance to get out of our pajamas and actually interact with other successful and up and coming affiliates. So be sure to go check that out over at affiliategathering.com. Um, I believe it's going to be live and a virtual um, option for it as well. So no matter where you are, you'll be able to take advantage of everything that's there. But the whole point of it is to be live. So be sure to be there live if you possibly can. And let's go ahead and, and welcome in Carl Broadbent. Thanks, Carl, for being on. Hey, Chris. Thanks for the invite. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man, I've been following your journey for a very long time, even back to the income school days. Yeah. And uh, it's just been so amazing to kind of see uh, where you've gone, where you've been, and now where you currently are. So uh, just to give everyone like a quick little reference, um, about how many websites are in your uh, niche site portfolio now? And if you don't mind, maybe sharing just a, a roundabout number as to how much that uh, you're making per month with it. Yeah, sure. I mean, my niche websites, I've started to narrow down quite a bit. I was one of these people that always, you know, came up with a new niche like every month uh, and thought that would be the uh, the golden ticket. So I've slowly narrowed them down. And in fact, on my YouTube channel, I'm now doing one um, actual website case study where I'm focusing on just one website. So I'm going to go down from the portfolio of having, I've had at the most around 15 websites. Wow. I think at any one time, probably around seven. Uh, and over the last four years, I've been kind of slowly building them up, selling them. And I always got down to around seven. And I thought that was kind of a safe number. But now, like I say, I'm just going to actually sell off a lot more. I'm going to focus on just one website project this year so uh, a little bit scary to do that but I also think I am terrible at getting distracted so I do think focusing on one website will be a bit easier for me yeah yeah I know exactly what you mean it's actually so hard to focus on you know one thing at a time especially in our industry because there's literally so many things that can you know just take our our, our attention away and most of the time it's stuff that's not going to make us any money right yeah i mean it's, it's it's good that the actual niche kind of affiliate marketing or whether it's blogging there's always something to do there's always something you haven't tried there's always something new and i'm open to trying kind of anything but i think if you pick one topic like you know let's say you want to do youtube and then you set up seven youtube channels you're never going to grow all of them. You know, you need to kind of focus in on one or two. And it's, it's the same with websites. Like I say, having seven, you just really wake up each day feeling like you've not really made an impact on any one thing. You've done a little bit on everything. So it's some, it's a lesson that I've learned recently, actually. I went to a conference myself. Uh, with It was an Ezoic event. And I met some of the biggest publishers 
pretty much in the world. And some of these guys were just saying that they've just focused on one website, two, some of them maybe two, for like 10 years or 20 years. And it was crazy to hear some of the numbers uh, and the figures they those guys were earning far, you know, exceeded anything I've ever seen, uh, never mind done myself. So that gave me the encouragement to kind of go, you know, I might just go all in on one site. So, yeah, that's kind of where I am at the moment. If anybody wants to have a look at kind of I'm, I'm notorious for doing income reports, I share everything uh, on YouTube to my detriment sometimes. But uh, <laughs> I do share as much as I can. Uh, and my income reports are on there. I've had websites that have earned four or five thousand dollars a month. I've had websites that's failed. I kind of put everything out there uh, to let everybody see that there's a good size to it. And there's also some downsides as well. Awesome, awesome. Okay, yeah. So be sure to go check out uh, Carl's YouTube channel because he does reveal quite a lot. I, I must say, because I do Far keep up with much. his channel. Yeah, <laughs> it's on detriment sometimes, so I do understand that. But uh, let's back it up a little bit, Carl. How did you get into this? Like it was your like your your, your I don't want to say your pitch, but how did you get yeah. into niche sites? Um, and what? Tell me the story about how you realized that this is something that you wanted to pursue. Yeah, I mean, I've been working a corporate job for many years, climbing the ladder, uh, and then realized how ruthless that can be when I was called into a room one day and said, you know, thanks for the last you know, seven years on management ladder, uh, but we've sold the company and you go with it, basically. And I was like, I don't want to go with it. I don't want to start again. So I started looking for another job, found another job, came on one night and just said, said to my wife, right, I'm back on step one of the corporate ladder. Do I want to do all this again? There must be something. Uh, and I've I'd been out of the house five, six days a week, uh, you know, every week for the past 20 years. And I just thought there's got to be more than this. So I just started searching online, something to do online, how to make passive income. That was kind of my catchphrase, you know, I want this passive income lifestyle kind of thing. Uh, so I went searching for that. And I was lucky enough to come across um, Alex from WP Eagle. And he was showing people how to build a website and follow along step-by-step, four-and-a-half-hour tutorial. Uh, and I did it, and I built a website in kind of one day. And I just thought, oh, this is pretty cool. I started adding some content on it. And lo and behold, within a few months, suddenly, I think I made $1.26. Uh, and I was just blown away by that. I was just, wait a minute, I've just woke up, and I just made a dollar twenty-six. I'm like, that's like a pound. That's brilliant. I just It just dawned on me that it was possible. Uh, and I, I kind of never looked back then. I just kept diving down that rabbit hole of, you know, how do you grow it? How do you make more money? Is this possible to become a full-time job? And it took me two years. Uh, so don't think it's easier, guys. It took me two years and my wife will vouch this. I sat on the, the sofa every night with my laptop after work, before work and after work, writing blog content. And it took me two years to the point where I was confident enough to leave my job and do this full-time. Wow, that is outstanding, especially when you first got that first, what, dollar and 26, you say? Yeah. yeah. Like, how, how important was that dollar and 26 to you? To be honest, it, it was really important at the time, but you do get a bit kind of cloudy eyed and you kind of forget where you came from and you forget how it started. And sometimes you look at the numbers when you become a little bit more successful and the numbers just become really, really kind of irrelevant. It's, it's just you need to look at the bigger picture sometimes. So, it was only recently when I thought, I'm going to have a look at my kind of four-year accounts. Uh, and I looked back and I realized that month one, in January, I think it was, um, I think it was 2017 or 18, 
you know, and I looked at the accounts for January four years ago, and it was one dollar twenty six, <laughs> and wow. I, and it made me think. God, yeah, I was so proud of getting that money, you know. So, yeah, I've I've not took it for granted as much the last few months, you know, whether that be the success or the the failures I've had. Kind of looking at it as a more more uh, rounded picture, you know, the full picture kind of thing. Yeah, I always tell people just how great this business model is because of the uh, investment that you put in, whether it's with time or with content. And, you know, usually you're going to end up getting a lot more of that back. You're going to have some wins and, and failures, of obviously. But for the most part, if you know what you're doing and you put it together the correct way, um, you're gonna it's going to work out in your favor. Now, if you don't mind, tell me about the day that you realized that you didn't have to work your old job again and what led you to the decision of, really cutting ties and going out on your own? Yeah, it's a really good question because I was working, like I said, I'd got another job. I was back in a supermarket. I was at a high-level management uh, position and I was doing really well. And I, I mentioned to my boss, I was about a year and a half into it, and I mentioned to my boss that I was doing a website. And he basically just joked about it. He just laughed and, you know, he used to, <laughs> you know, pull me all the time about it. And um, he kind of mentioned it in, an, in a, a group meeting where there was like 20 or 30 managers and everybody laughed. You know, Carl's building a website. He's going to be the next, you know, entrepreneur. <laughs> and, and it just, everybody was just taking the mick out of me. And I was just, I was so kind of embarrassed by it, about it. It kind of drove me. I was like, I'm going to show you now. Okay, I'm going to show you. I said to him, well, I said, you won't be saying that in six months when I quit. And he's going like, you won't quit, you won't quit. And a few months went down the line and my income started to grow. And I thought, this is getting close. This is this is a possibility. So I spoke to my wife about it and she said, well, you probably need to have maybe one and a half times your salary each month for maybe six months. And then I would kind of think it is a reality. You know, I, I can't just hit my salary one month and quit and then next <laughs> month get half my salary. She said, you can't yeah. do that. So let's say if you can, you know, one and a half times your salary each month for six months, I'll give you the go ahead. So I, I mentioned that to my boss and I said, this is my plan. And it was like, started to take notice then. And he got interested in it and he got a little more supportive. And I got to about six months and I was like, right, I'm ready to quit. And he's like, can you, you prove to me, Cal, that you can do it? And I, I showed him my accounts and my numbers. And he was like, Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold your job position, but I'll free you up for six months. Go do wow. it. Drop down to a lower job role in the company. So you're still in the company. Do like a, one or two days a week uh, and go do it for three or four months, five months. And if you're still doing what you're showing me here, I'll let you quit your job. And I said, right, done. And I did. Six months later, I went in and said, there's my letter of resignation. I've done it. And he was very supportive. So... You know, it, it, it was a blessing that I had his support or, you know, I don't think I'd have had the confidence to do it, really. Yo, that is an outstanding story. Mm -hmm. uh, man, you had, so you didn't just quit your job. You quit also a good boss, too. Because <laughs> yeah. one thing I've realized is that people don't usually quit jobs. They quit bosses is what I've always heard. Yeah. And the fact that you had such a nice guy to the point to where he was going to hold your job for you for a few months. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very different than my situation. They were ready to let me go the second I told them I was getting ready <laughs> to get out of there. But uh, that's that's outstanding. Wow. I think, I think the only thing I did wrong, Chris, was uh, I was doing YouTube. I just started YouTube at that time. And I'd, I'd made the video of you know, how you can go full time. And, and in the video, I said, you know, and I'm going to go in, I'm going to give this letter to my boss and say right to his face, I quit. 
and I published that video before I'd actually gone in and given the letter. <laughs> oh no, did he see it? So he pulled me into the office and he said, I watched one of your videos today. And he oh, said, wow. you did not say I quit. And I got the letter out of my pocket and I, put it, and I said, well, I do, I quit. And he, yeah, he shook my hand and he was like, good on you, good on you, well done. That is so cool. That is so, man, that's a great story. You need to write a book, man. That's a great story right there. Okay. All right. All right. Let's, let's make a, a little bit of a transition um, from that outstanding story and ask you probably one of the most important questions that I could possibly ask you. What's your handicap? Oh, don't want to say that on camera. No, <laughs> it, it, currently, it's 17.4, which... Uh, oh, that's not, not too far from mine. It it's, <laughs> it's, it's not great. I went out yesterday and I was and I, and I played to 24 handicap, but it's, but it's winter conditions. The last six months here have been yeah. horrendous. It's it's either been frozen solid or it's been you know, foot underwater. Or yesterday, 30 mile an hour winds. So, um, yeah, my game's not where it should be, but... I do get time to practice, so I shouldn't have any uh, reason not to get better. But Look, I, I will say, I will say, one of my dreams is to play golf with you one day, man. So we're gonna we're gonna make that happen at some point. Hundred percent. Right. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. I have actually got a I've got a golfing YouTube channel. So if anybody wants to go there, uh, called Big Nose Golf. So get over to YouTube and subscribe to Big Nose Golf. It's just me and my friend. We we just have a bit of a laugh. It's called Big Nose Golf because my first ever website was about Monty Python. And there's a oh. scene in there where they call each other Big Nose. So me and my friend have always had the nickname. Wherever we go, they know us as Big Nose. Uh, so that's why we call it Big Nose Golf, because it's Monty Python related, which ties back to the websites. Because like I said, that first website I built was a Monty Python kind of fan site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Be sure to go check out that as well, his <laughs> golf YouTube channel. Um, that's going to be amazing because it's, it's a sign of a good entrepreneur, right? Every time we get an idea, we just run do with it, it and then it. just see exactly what happens. Uh, <laughs> I do the exact same thing. I got too many YouTube channels myself. <laughs> anyways, anyways, all right, let's go back to uh, to blogging. So what would you say is the most important thing that has led to your uh, success with blogging so far to the point to where you're able to to do it full time? I think it's getting up every day and just actually taking action, just doing it, just absolutely. When you think you haven't got time to do something sometimes, you still got to do it. And it you can't slack off from it. You know, I, I'm at the point now where I can take a few days off. I can take some time off. But I know if I do and do it for a long, long period of time, it, go, it will go away. It'll slowly decline. So you have to keep showing up. And I think this is what my wife said. A friend of ours said, you know, I want to do a website. I want to build a website and I want to quit my job. And she said, do you know, for two years, he did nothing. He never went to play golf. He never went on, you know, days out. Uh, he never stopped going to the pub. He didn't socialize with his friends. He just wrote every day. He sat there with a laptop and he wrote and he wrote and he wrote. And I really sacrificed a lot in those two years. And I think kind of, I think that's the key to my success that I just really put the time and the effort in. I didn't do it half-heartedly I went at it full-blown because I could see the end point and the end point was quitting the job and doing it for a living yeah. and it drove me every day you know when I'd get an invite you know tech Friday night off and come downtown with us all I was thinking is well I mean, that's four or five hours I'm going to spend 50 pounds while I'm out I could order two blog posts and I could write one as well that's three blog posts and that's kind of how my mindset was working uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't great. It wasn't a healthy position to be in, 
But I had to do it because it was the only way. I had no money behind me. So it was the only way I could see that exit point of, you know, quitting my job and making it a full-time thing. So, yeah, I did really, really push myself. Yeah, no, that's outstanding. I think one of the main things that you just said was um, your main goal wasn't necessarily a dollar figure, right? It was the fact that you wanted to quit your job and have a little bit more freedom that way. But it did take an actual sacrifice on your side. One thing that my wife likes to say is it's not a sacrifice. A sacrifice is not a sacrifice unless it's a sacrifice. Right. And by keeping those kinds of things in mind and having that, that North star, whatever you define that North star to be, it can't just be cash. It can't be money because that's not something that you directly control in most situations. Right. And you're able to put something else in that spot that, you know, okay, I'm just going to work until this happens. And some people might look at that and think, man, like, man, a year, two years, I have to just sit down and do nothing is what you're saying. But because of that, where are you now with your business? Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, the numbers in the beginning, I'd say the numbers when I was trying to leave my job was important because I had a salary that I had to kind of, you know, beat to be able to to leave my job. So I, and I would advise anybody, if anybody's close to leaving their job, I would say you need at least double, if not three times your current salary to make it viable to leave. Because I know somebody who was earning really good money, they built a website up and they quit their job. And the next week it got hit. In fact, he's a YouTube. He doesn't do much on YouTube anymore, but his site got hit. And he went from thinking he was in a really good place and he had a little bit of a leeway in his in his income uh, if he got hit, but he got hit severely and lost like 70% of his income. So within Ouch. the first week, he was earning less than he was in his full-time job. So you've got to be careful with that. But yeah, where I am now, I don't kind of look at numbers so much. Um, I look at my businesses and my websites as an overall, an overall picture of them. How are they doing? How are they benefiting the audience? How are they benefiting the community? And if you focus on that, kind of then the numbers and the figures, you know, do come in. I mean, to give you your audience a more uh, realistic figure of what I was earning at the time. So in the UK, I was earning around £2,000 a month. So what's that? $2,700, something like that. Yeah. And I um, got to the point where I think I was earning around 3000 to 3500 before I thought about quitting. But I actually got to the point where I, I made sure for six months I started to earn around $4,000. So I had kind of double my salary coming in. And luckily, I never took a dip. It just kept on going and going and going. And kind of where I am now, like I say, I do my income reports on YouTube. I've sold various websites. So it's very difficult to say kind of what my portfolio would be bringing in monthly. But my average income all round, apart from a couple of things that I never include, which is number one, the figures from affiliate gathering, and number mm -hmm. two, the figures from popcorn theme that I'm a co-owner of. But right. my own projects ranges between ten and twenty-five thousand a month. Let's say something like that. Gotcha, gotcha, man. That's outstanding. That is really great. And I, you're, you're right. There's no guarantees in life in general, right? Like, there's nothing that we can really hang our hats on and know that this is going to happen outside of death and taxes, right? But uh, with that in mind, you know, the fact that you, you have to just create a what I did was create a nest egg of around six to seven, six to twelve months worth of of revenue yeah. of money, like a yeah. little 
you know, just so I can, in case the money just stopped completely, I would have a year to figure something out. So with yeah. that, in, so I'm glad that you were able to see some constant growth and be able to to make some moves. Yeah, I also remember I, I also sold my first website right around the time as well. So yeah, I had a little bit of a, a nest egg there as well. So if I remember rightly now thinking back, yeah, it wasn't just the salary, the monthly income. I believe I did sell one of the websites. I had my first income in the bank. And that was about, I think it was about $30,000, I want to say off the top of my head. I think it was about $30,000 from the sale of my first website. It wasn't the first website I built, so it wasn't the Monty Python one. I think I had two or three or maybe even four failed sites before mm-hmm. I got that successful site. And that was the one that I sold. So yeah, I had a bit of a nest egg and my income was kind of double my old salary. So yeah, it was, gotcha. it was, it was a reasonably secure place to be, yeah. Yeah, no, it's been, they always say that the money is in the exit. Because if you're making that much money doing it part-time, imagine how much more you could make if you were working on it full-time. And uh, that's really the kind of mindset that you have to have there. Uh, would you agree with that? That was always the thing going through my head. I was saying to my wife, you know, wow, I'm doing I'm doing two hours before I go to work. I'm doing two hours after I go to work, uh, when I get home from work. So I'm only putting four hours a day in it. And I managed to get, let's say, $4,000 a month. Imagine if I could do eight hours a day, five days a week. Yeah. Imagine that. And that's kind of, that was my thinking behind it. And it actually was true. Yeah, it was true. Uh, But I do like to kind of um, balance my time out a bit more now. I did find as soon as I became full time, I was sitting at the computer 10 hours a day, seven days a week. It just wasn't good for anything, you know. Um, And that's kind of where the affiliate gathering was born from, really, that period of, sitting through COVID, so this will have been year three, sitting through that period of COVID where I was locked in and all we were doing, I was just writing and, and publishing for 10 hours a day. So that's kind of where that event came from, just thinking, I've got to get out, I've got to meet people, I've got to network, I've got to talk to people who were doing similar things to me, because nobody knew what I was doing. My family didn't know. I had no contacts. I'd only just started YouTube, so I didn't know people like yourself. Um, so I just thought I've, I've got to get some. There's got to be something. And when I looked at all kind of the events and stuff that was around, they're all very SEO and very technical and very scary events to go to. Yeah. And um, so I just thought, you know, I just, I just want a really friendly place I can go meet and talk to like-minded people. So yeah, that's kind of where that was born from as well. So it's all really flown naturally, isn't it? My my kind of career and um, where I am now, it's all flown really, really effortlessly, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to trying to do this stuff <clears throat> on our own, yeah, it can get a, it can be a very lonely uh, existence. And uh, the fact that you saw the need of, of some type of community um, of someone to be able to share wins and most especially failures with yeah. so that you can see that it's not the end of the world if a site doesn't catch on or if a blog post that you write doesn't rank or something of that of like that in that nature. So how would you say how important was it to be able to find other people to talk with in order to keep motivating. Yeah, super, super important. You just said there, you know, kind of, you know, more importantly to like share your failures. I found it the other way. I wanted to share my successes, but I was very scared to do that because, you know, number one, you don't want to come over as if you're bragging. Number two, you don't want to become a target, you know, for somebody to say, oh, his website is really successful. Let's go after it. Let's copy it. So I wanted a safe, secure network where I could, you know, I could say to somebody, because when I tell my wife now, I'll say something like, 
you know, oh, my website made, you know, $1,000 last last month. She goes, oh, right, nice. <laughs> it's like, no, it's I feel you on that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, there's no enthusiasm there, you know. So um, it's really important, I think, to, you know, share that as well and say to somebody, how did your site do last week? I did really well. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Oh, you beat me, did you? Yeah, I did this. It's, I think that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, having that support there has been incredible. I will tell anybody who's watching this video now to, if they're thinking of getting into starting online businesses, that, you know, the ups and downs are incredibly difficult to deal with on your own. They they are. There is no, I've been in many, many stressful jobs, and I don't think there's anything more stressful than spending a year or two building a website up, and then it gets hit by a Google car update, and you lose half your traffic overnight. You're helpless. You are you are stood there going, who do I turn to? What do I do? And just nobody knows and nobody can help you. It's only Google. And it that I found that incredibly difficult to 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 deal with and to, you know, figure out in my own head and keep pushing forward. Mm -hmm. But having that security of other friends and colleagues that I can turn to and people that I've met at events and stuff to say, you know, hey, how did you do? Yeah, I got it as well, Carl. All right. You know, nothing. I don't want to make this sound mean, but at least it's not just me. I've not done something personally wrong. No, we've all been it, Carl. Right. Okay. Right. Well, we all need to figure this out then. And then you work as a team and try and figure out what's going on. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the need for a community was very big for me as well, because like you said, no one else understands really what we do. You know, if I'm in the elevator and someone asks, hey, what do you do for a living? I have a hard time explaining it. If I just say I'm a blogger, they're just like, uh, okay, what does that mean? You know, and all of a sudden it takes 15 minutes to explain something that if I was talking to someone like you, Carl, it would take, you know, 10 seconds to go through. I love yeah, talking yeah. shop, you know, so I can yeah. sit there and talk SEO and blogging all day long and it not even phase me. You know? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we went, we, me and the wife went to, I think it was for, I can't, can't remember the situation, I think it was a passport office, something like that. And they asked my wife, what does he do for a living? And she would just like, her face just went like, I don't, I don't know, Some, <laughs> something online. And the woman said, you don't know what your husband does. No, he makes a load of money, but I don't know what he does. And the guy was like, wait a minute. He earns a load of money. You don't know what he does. Does he make anything? No, I don't think so. Does he have a shop? Does he sell out? No, I don't think so. And it's a, and he owns a website. This guy was thinking, I don't know, I had some sort of gambling. You're a hitman or something. <laughs> yeah, this guy was like, what does he do for a living? So now I always say to my children, everything, just say I'm an online publisher. Because they always think you write books. When you to say somebody, I'm a publisher. They go, what have you written? They think you've wrote a book and it sounds really posh. So I just say I'm an online publisher. And yeah, they that just works. instantly think, of, even though you say online, they think of books straight away. So, well, yeah. pretty much, you know, you think about it when you write, you know, a, a blog that has, you know, 100, 200 plus a thousand, you know, posts. Yeah, you pretty much wrote maybe a handful of books <laughs> at that yeah. point, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got one website that's got uh, about one and a half million words on it, and I thought about that the other day. That's probably several novels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, it's making you a lot of money than that one book probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Carl. Uh, what is the future of blogging? I think, I mean, for some people who's not even been in it, it's obviously bright and brand new and still fresh. I think for some people who's been in it a long time, is changing you know we've got the ai content to figure out however yeah. that may be whether you think that's a positive or a negative um i do think there's always going to be a place for blogging whether that be you know online whether that be in video format style 
whatever that may be, I think there's always an opportunity. And to be fair, in the last four, four and a half years that I've been in it, it's changed dramatically as it is. I mean, when I got into it four years ago, it was all about product reviews. You you just wrote, yeah. you know, best X for Y. That's all. You, that's where the money was. The entire and then it changed. <laughs> yeah, then it changed two years later and it all became it's informational. It's answering questions. That's what everybody wants. So you change to that. And then now it's changing again. You know, it's, it's now we're thinking about AI content and, okay, how do I generate this content? So, yeah, I, I think it's, I think there's a positivity still around it. I think you'll hear a lot of negativity from the old schoolers, you know, and I'm, I'm already four years into it, so I'm not going to call myself an old schooler. I'm an old timer, but not an old schooler. Um, but there'll be a lot of negativity from them because obviously it's a fear for their businesses because they're going to feel threatened by AI coming along uh, as well as I do, you know. So, you know, somebody could produce a website that I've got with AI content probably within weeks they could yeah. duplicate it and you know and replicate it where it took me three years to to build that website and to think that somebody could rewrite all that content in three weeks is scary but there's always positives in there as well and um, you know positive for me it's funny you said i i had this goal i had this conversation on the golf course yesterday hey. uh, and the guy said you know why is it not scary to you i said well the, my thought process is if you've wrote, you know, a fantastic original piece of content and then a hundred people try and copy that keyword and they rewrite that in AI content, you would hope that it waters down the quality of that keyword. I.e. Google will say, okay, we've 101 blog posts writing this content now. One clearly stands out from the rest. And you would hope that would be yours, the one with original videos and one with original infographics, original images, and original human written content. So I would hope that you know we will stand out from the rest. Uh, and I think that is a great possibility. You know, somebody said the other day, you know, I want somebody to go after my niche because if they go after my niche with a load of garbage content, I will stand out from the rest, and I I will go up that rankings, and they'll yeah they will push me up if you know what I mean. So. I think there's an opportunity. I still think it's very positive and I still think there's an opportunity. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love that 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 mentality there because the world has always tried to move towards automation, trying to get it done as quickly as possible, somewhat as efficiently as possible, but also making the content good. And that's hard to do with automation because there's going to be some type of watered downness, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. And the best way to combat that, and this has been the case, even if you run ads online, I, I've run ad, a lot of ads online. And one thing I've noticed that if you can infuse the human element into it yeah. a lot more than what any AI tool at any point in history will be able to create, you're going to stand out more than than uh, you know just what an AI tool can just create in its generalities. Because a, an AI tool can't go out there and test the latest golf driver and see exactly how it, it went, right? Um, yeah. that's, that's that's pretty amazing. I never really thought about it like that, but that's that, that's a great way to think about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, I, I, there, was, there was a golf product um, that I was, I've started using recently, just a different type of golf ball. And I looked at all the blog posts that's been written about this this golf ball, and everybody was just jumping on the bandwagon of this golf ball. Somebody said it was good, so a thousand blog posts have been written about like how good this golf ball is. But I actually bought it and I played with it, and I hated it. I hated the sound of it. it. sounded really clicky. 
And I, I felt like I was the only person in the world that, you know, wait a minute, I've got a different opinion about this. I don't think it's what everybody's saying it is. So if I had wrote a blog post about it, which I haven't got a golf website, but if I wrote a, a review about that, the human element would come into that. There would It would be me saying, listen, I've read so many blog posts about this. Everybody's giving it 10 out of 10. I actually don't like it. And, I, and, and my passion and my thoughts and my views will come through in that content. An AI tool couldn't do that. AI tool couldn't go, I know how passionately Carl feels about this golf ball and I'm going to put it into words. It just won't be able to do that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And infusing that element into it is what's going to make you unique. And that's what Google wants. Whether it's YouTube or or, um, or blogging, they want unique, different content that's not just some, you know, uh, uh, copy and pasted article spinners, which is really what a lot of these AI tools are. Right? They're just very fancy article spinners and yeah. actually put some actual unique content out there. Um, since we have broached the subject on AI tools, I'm curious, what are your thoughts with ChatGPT and how good it happens to, it seems to be at this time? Again, the conversation I was having yesterday, I'll try to explain what it is to somebody who's never heard of it or not techie at all. And he was just like, it was very difficult to explain what it was. Uh, I, you know, I, I think next year when, I think it's next year, 2024, I think when it updates and it's going to be more real time, it's going to have more recent information in it. It is a fantastic tool. It's incredible what it can do. The potential of it is amazing, especially now that people are creating apps. So people are creating apps that you can use inside ChatGPT. Yeah. So if you want like, uh, let's say 10 blog titles, you no longer need to tell it, uh, you know, hey, ChatGPT, I want 10 catchy blog titles under 60 characters for a blog post that you literally you click a, a button and somebody's done all them prompts for you so now as that kind of te- things coming out so you can use chat gpt to its potential i think it's fantastic and and i've done a video recently where i said to everybody you know you need to stop using chat gpt to write blog posts yep. and i got so much hate about it i agree and what i meant and what i maybe didn't get across in the video is that i'm not hating on things like chat gpt they're tools and if tools are used correctly they can streamline your process they can streamline your business they can help you be more creative 100% get it what i'm not into is somebody taking my article the url from my article putting it in chat GPT and saying, write that better. And it churn out a very, very similar article using my original content and then just posting it. That's what I don't like. That's, that's the world I don't want to go down. And people are going to do it because there's people in various situations in their life and mm-hmm. where they live. And, you know, a few dollars can make a, a world of difference to their lives. So there are people who's going to do that. I think for the greater good of search engines and, open information and, and, and user experience. I don't think it's going to be great for that. Um, but it is a tool that can be used. And, you know, I do use it. Yeah, I use ChatGPT. I love playing around with it and it can do some really cool stuff. But, you know, I, I'm not going to hit, I'm not going to type into it. Write me a thousand words on, I always use this, can rabbits eat lettuce? And let it churn it out and press publish. That is not going to grow your business. That is not going to make you a stable financial income to quit your job and do full time. If you're relying on that to do that, yeah, God help you, because it's it's <laughs> not going to lead you anywhere good. 
Yeah, yeah. And as we get close to the end of our time here, I just I, I, I totally understand your sentiment there because I, I recently, I think episode 80 of the Blog Revolution podcast, I talked about, I took a very uh, anti-approach when it comes to ChatGPT, not because of you know, what it does or that I'm, I'm threatened by it at all, but just trying to think smartly about what, you know, the Google monster really wants. And just by looking at the guidelines, it's clear they do not like AI content. Yep. So um, if we want to continue getting traffic from places like Google, we need to start building brands that are more personal than anything else that's out there. That way we can clearly identify ourselves outside of what's something uh, an AI tool can create. So Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, you've got to think in the reader's eyes. If you were searching, let's say you're going on holiday and you want to find a review for a destination and somebody says to you, here's two articles, here's one written by an AI machine and here's one written by Chris who went there on holiday last year for two weeks and he's wrote all about it and he's took some original images and he's added a video to it. Which one would you say, okay, I know which one I will read? That That's what I think. Think like that. Would you go, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll ignore the guy who's been there and seen it in person. I'll go with what the AI machine says, and I will book my holiday on the basis of what an AI machine says. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't that's make any I sense. Think, <laughs> that's how I think of it. And you've also got to think uh, on a business terms with Google. People saying, you know, will Google spot AI content? Will Google get, go after AI content? Well, don't forget ChatGPT and stuff isn't Google. You know, it's, it's Microsoft in it and Bing. Uh, it's owned by those guys. Everybody's going to use that tool not to rank and search kind of on Bing and, and other search engines. They're going to want to write those content and put it on Google. Google's a business with limited resources. Mm -hmm. It cannot index every article. And if we go from publishing a million articles, you know, a week to 10 million articles a week, Google can't do that. Google's got to figure a way out of finding and weeding and sorting through content that it thinks is inferior. Uh, and the way it'll do it is it'll go think, if it's written by AI, it's inferior, so it'll chase it. I don't know how it's going to do it. I don't know even if it can do it. But I'm sure that's on their mindset of, you know, we need to figure out our indexing is going to be impossible. You know, if 10 times the amount of content is going on the internet each week, we need to figure this out because yeah. we haven't got the servers and the resources to to do that. Google isn't infinite, is it? It's no, it's a computer not. bank. It's a it's got a certain amount of resources. You know, if we're filling it up daily now instead of weekly, it's going to struggle. It's going to struggle. Yeah, yeah, and I think sometimes we do kind of you know because we are in the blogging space and we hear about these AI tools taking over so much that we sometimes we forget that there is a lot of people in the world who have never even heard of an AI writer at all. Like you, you played golf with um with your friend yesterday. He had never even heard of ChatGPT, and it's been like the hottest news article, uh, uh news item over the last yeah. few few months actually. And because of that. You know, but I bet you your friend has heard of Google, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's no chance that this is going to take over anytime soon, even if it ever has a real legitimate shot at taking over, you know? Yeah, in my in my lifespan, you know, chat GPT and people using that, you know, in my lifespan, it's not going to take over me uh, and my world and my income. You know, will it do maybe my son, if my son's just getting into it now, if I say to him in 30 years time when you'll be a blogger, yeah, it could be a big part of that and probably a huge part of it. But right now, no, you know, it's it's an it's an evolution in the blogging space and this industry. 
But don't forget ChatGPT. For blogging, it's it's the tiniest percent ever that for that tool. You know, it's used mm-hmm. for far more things. And we keep thinking of ChatGPT as a blogging tool. There's nothing not to do with that. It's, it's not designed for writing blog posts, you know. Um, so, you know, the amount of things and applications it can do and people use it for is it, crazy. It's endless. But as a blogging tool and stuff, you know, it's not really what it's designed for. So we need to bear that in mind. It's a tool that can be used to help you to blog. You can create titles, meta descriptions, stuff like that. Great. But, you know, it's not being built and designed by Bing so that we can publish blogs on Google. It wasn't its primary purpose in life. Yeah, there's Bing going. I'll tell you what, let's let's create, let's put three billion into this product so people can rank on Google. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what Microsoft invested billions (laughs) of dollars for. That makes perfect sense. All right, cool. So I know you talk to a lot of people. You have the YouTube channel. You have your website, carlbroadband.com. So you talk to a lot of bloggers and probably a lot of newer bloggers as well. Um, Just to kind of close this out here, what would you say is the biggest mistake that newer bloggers are making right now that they probably should fix if they want to be somewhere close to the spot that you happen to be in with your blogging business? Yeah, we touched on it a little bit halfway through this uh, interview, and it's, it's not chasing the money and the numbers. That's the thing. If you sit down there and say, right, I'm going to build this website, and it is going to get $1,000 a month in six months, you will fail. You will fail. You're chasing the wrong thing. You need to build a website and say to yourself, you know, I'm going to really add value in this space. I'm going to talk about something I know. I'm going to write about something I've had some experience in. You don't have to be an expert. You know, E-E-A-T. I get that, but not everybody is an expert in what they do for a living. You know, I've met many people that preach to me about a certain thing and they've not been an expert in it. It's just a position they're in. So make sure that you're just really passionate about what you're doing. Think to yourself, can I get up every day and write, you know, a thousand words or 500 words on this topic? If you think you're going to get bored or you don't think that's possible, don't even enter into it. You've got to be enthusiastic and excited about getting up and writing that content and trying to better what's already out there. And if you look at the number one article in Google, the number two, and you read it and you're absolutely blown away by it, you know, and you say to yourself, I can't beat that. You might not be able to beat it, but I'm sure you can still add value somewhere Mm -hmm. to somebody. And that's what you need to do. But if it's just a case of, you know, I want to write an article because I want to get to number one because it'll make me loads of money, you'll burn out you'll burn out because when that doesn't happen in six months, you'll be so devastated. You just won't continue. So, so don't, don't change the, don't chase the numbers and don't chase the figures. And you'll have a far more successful website. If you do that, thinking of the user experience. So blogging is still worth it. Blogging is work for me. Yeah. Blogging is definitely work for me. It's, um, it's, it's something I still enjoy doing. I, I just try to, you know, reel myself in a bit and not go after every shiny niche that I see. Uh, that's the biggest downfall of anybody is, yeah. like I say, buying several domains and thinking you can, you know, get a million views per website. It just don't happen. It just doesn't happen. Man, this has been amazing. Thanks so much, Carl. Please let us know where we can find you. You can visit me at calbrobend.com is my website or just search calbrobend in YouTube. That's the best places to get me personally. Anything to do with the affiliate gathering, if you want to come, if you want to meet like-minded people, it's a fantastic, relaxed, friendly affair. It's expanding. We're having local meetups now. We're doing smaller events as well as the big event on the 19th of May. Uh, But yeah, if you want to do that, that's affiliategathering.com. Go check it out. Tickets are on sale. 
I'd love to to meet you. Last year, I can't believe how many people that just came over and, you know, give me a big hug and said, you're the guy of YouTube. It was great. <laughs> it was so much fun. Uh, and I was I was that person with other people as well. <laughs> Every time somebody walked, the, walked through the door, I was like, oh, you're my idol, you know. Yeah, it no, just, I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, it was incredible. Incredible to meet so many people. So, yeah, I'd love it if people can come along to it and head over to the website. All the details are on there. But, yeah, fantastic to meet so many people in this space. And we all need support. We all, honest, you need to network. You need to have somebody that you can email or you can jump on a Skype call. If things are going good or bad, we all need that in this industry. We really do. Yeah, 100%. Thanks so much, Carl, for being on. I definitely do appreciate it. We've had a really nice chat here and uh, looking forward to hopefully doing this again in the future. Anytime, Chris. It's been fantastic. Really enjoyed it. All right. See you later.